The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You hear the music, you know the show. Use the rail of sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me? Okay, let me stop and think about what matters to me. Ooh, that's not hard to think about. Obviously, I watched some football this past weekend. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be considerate. I'm going to be respectful. But I just want all you to know, in case you forgot, the Ohio State University uh, played a football game. I believe they played a football game against Penn State University. <laughs> and uh, It was a bad day at the office for uh, the Penn State Nittany Lions. Um, but, you know, things like that happen sometime. Um, I just want to uh, be respectful and be very considerate and to be, a, I guess, a, a, a good athlete an athlete that, that respects the sport and uh, one who is considered at all times and understands some days you just got to have a bad day at the office. You can't afford to, but you have them. And so the sky is still blue and white, but the Buckeyes were in control. And so, uh, hey, I'm just, uh, I still want to remain friends with all my Penn State fans out there, you know, and all my Penn State friends, fans and friends are important to me. So, um I just thought I'd put that out there. That does matter to me. That was extremely important because this is what I want to tell everybody in case you don't know. I wasn't going I wasn't going to do it right at the beginning of the show because I'm expecting another good friend from uh, the Big 10 to call in with me and be on the show and enjoy it with me. But this is the 100th year of the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl, and there's no reason or why or method to prove my conspiracy theory. But let me just say this, the Ohio State University's football team this year will not move up beyond number four or maybe into the latter weeks of the season beyond number three. Why? Because they don't want Ohio State University in in the national championship game. They don't want them in the national championship game because of the fact it's the granddaddy of them all. We need a Big Ten, when it used to be the Big Two and a Little Eight, Need one of them big two in, in, in the Rose Bowl game. I hear some laughter, so I, I'm assuming I got a friend on it. Could be Lamar Campbell. Is that Lamar here in the background? That, I know that laugh when I hear it. Mr. Campbell, for a former Detroit Lion and, and, of course, Wisconsin Badger. You know, there, there was a time where, you know, the Wisconsin Badger was bigger than the Detroit Lions, but after my man Megatron this past weekend, man, it's, it's kind of hard to say which one's the bigger, but right now it's got to be Megatron. Lamar, how you doing, man? 
I'm good, big time, Mr. Ray Ellis. Thanks for having me on. Anything for you and for all you people that don't know, Mr. Big Time Ray Ellis gave me one of my first shots in radio. So anytime he calls and wants to have a good conversation, I am here for him. So let's get it started. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I appreciate that because everybody has to know there is life after the game. And, of course, the Lamar Campbell uh also, we got to give a shout out to them folks down there in Philly too. You know, uh, the city of brotherly love, where uh, yes, sir. I yes, spent sir. many years of my life. Lamar, born and raised there, and of course, uh, found his way into the University of Wisconsin. Outstanding time there. Uh, enjoyed himself. Great, great career at Wisconsin. Uh, took care of business. Handled his business on and off the field. Got his degree. Went on and doing some great things in both real estate and, of course. Uh, hosting his show here with us uh, live after the game. So, uh, Lamar, I, I, I believe I'm going to also have a guest with me. He may be with me now. Sam may be there. But, Sam, if you are, hold on, because I, I want to address a couple things with Lamar. Uh, and Lamar, as, as, as one of those people who patrolled uh, the secondary uh, at, mm-hmm. at, at Wisconsin and also uh, in the National Football League, uh, when you saw this game this past weekend in which you were watching with a special interest, and, of course, we got to acknowledge the fact that the performance of Megatron was beyond anything that we've ever seen in our lifetime. But right. but but the passion of another player on an opposing team was something that I embraced. It did not bother me one bit. I embraced it. I just wanted to ask another person who has done that, been there, and watched that and saw the emotion and, and, and the passion of Des Bryant. Did you see that as something that was negative and would hurt his team? Or how, how did you see that? Or did you see that as something that w- might inspire his team? How did you see that? Uh, I don't know what it did to his team, Ray, but I will, I will say this, because it looked like there was some conflicted feelings um, on that sideline. But as a player that have been, that has been in the trenches, I didn't see a problem with it at all. You know, you look at Des Bryant, and it's been a lot made of Des Bryant. When people think about Des Bryant, they think about the things he's done off the field. His incident with the mall, his incident with things that he's done off the field. But since those incidents, he has been nothing but a passionate player and productive player for the Dallas Cowboys. And think about it. You know who he looked like on the sideline to me, and I tweeted this out. I said, that's the same thing Michael Irving would have done. Oh, that's right. That's a good. That's a great Michael example. Irving would have done. I grew up watching those Cowboy teams with Troy Aikman and Jay Novacek and, and Emmitt Smith. Michael Irving and Troy Aikman argued like a bitter husband and wife, and they went out and won Super Bowls. If you see that type of passion, you can't take that passion out of the player because if you take that passion away from Des Bryant, you won't have that productive Des Bryant that you see every Sunday. And I'm glad you said that because I, I was trying to think of a player other than myself because I, I got to be honest. Uh, I remember we played a game against the San Francisco 49ers and me and my one of my teammates were on the sideline scrapping, getting down, throwing blows. Right. I snatched the helmet off his head and hit him on top of his head with his own helmet because he tried to, you know, he, he tried to charge me. But but it was all because of the emotion and the passion of the game. And here's right. what I said because I thought that the I'm, I'm going to say this the media. I thought they were so unfair to in terms yes. of the comments about Dez because 
I thought there was a, there's a, and there's enough players out there to speak from, from this perspective. And I thought Rodney Harrison did it a little bit, but then I thought Rodney kind of even ended up on the side of the majority of the media. And, and I'm not sure that that kind of emotion needs to be curtained in that moment because you, this is the America's team. What the hell? Daz was saying, come on guys. Daz was not saying, you know, give me the ball. Because I'm selfish and I'm trying to outperform Megatron like everybody else tried to turn that in. That was not what he right. was saying. Des right. was saying, "We don't. I don't want to lose this game. We shouldn't lose this game. And I'm tired of losing. And I think those are the same feelings that the owner, Jerry Jones, is looking for from more people on that team. What do you think about that? You know, I'm with you 100%. You know, I talk about the reputation of Des Bryant. And as you said, Ray, that... Today, when the audio bites came out of exactly what he was saying, a lot of these guys are eating crow right now. A lot of these guys are eating crow because they based what they saw, not knowing what he was saying, but they based what they saw on his past transgressions. Oh, he's getting, telling Tony Romo to get him the ball. He's telling Tony Romo he's, 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 he's trashing his team. When those audio sound bites were released by the NFL today, and he goes over there, he says, we're the best bleeping team in America. We do this every week, encouraging his quarterback, telling his quarterback, we can do this. We can come back and win this game with 12 seconds left. How do you curtail that? And, and, and for Rodney Harrison, one of the leaders of that uh, Patriot defense, he was one of the most vocal guys there. And you mentioned your teammate. I'll tell you my teammate by name. Uh, could be Hall of Famer, Mark Carrier. I, as an undrafted free agent rookie, if Mark blew a call, and I was a passionate player, and he blew a play, and vice versa. We were in each other's faces. But a lot of what people don't realize, Ray, and I tell this a lot, of, I, I say this a lot when I speak to people that have not played the game, is that NFL locker rooms are like a family. You argue with your family all the time. You fight with your family all the time. But they're still your family, and your family accepts you for who you are. This Bryant has been with the Dallas Cowboys long enough to, they, to, to, to the point that they know who he is. They know he's a passionate player, and you learn to play with that. You can't take that from him. And the guys that jumped on his back about what he was doing on the sideline when they did not know exactly what he was saying was based on what they perceived Des Bryant to be. And all I saw out there on Sunday was a competitor that believed in his team that wanted to win. And, I, and I'm so happy to hear another ball player to share the same feelings that I did as I was watching that game. Because for the simple reason, I, I simply put it like this. I could break it down to something very simple. If, if, if he is so selfish, why is it that the only time you see these emotional outbursts from him is when they're losing? A selfish mm -hmm. player would want to have these type of outbursts of give me the ball, you know, throw me the ball all the time, not just when he He's losing, and that's why I didn't have to hear what he was saying. Right. I saw the emotions, and, and, and sometimes you can just, you know, your action speaks louder than your words. So the fact that he was animated, I knew exactly what that was because when the Cowboys win, Daz doesn't care who catches touchdowns. Daz doesn't care that you're throwing the ball to Jason Witten all those times. He, he, he never complains about that. He doesn't care if the team is winning. It's when the team is losing. And he feels as if he can help the team or if somebody else can help the team, he wants to make sure that we do everything we possibly can to win the game. That is all that's about. I've always said this, Lamar. 
that's the kind of person I want to go to war with. I don't want to go to right. war with somebody that's on even keel all the time. Listen, I understand composure and all that type of stuff. I understand, you know, controlled emotions. I understand all that. But it right, comes a right. time when, listen, you're about to go into war and the battle, as we call it, on the football field. No disrespect to those people who go to what is a real war. I'm not trying to draw any right. parallels to that. I'm just saying what we call our battlefield on the football field. I want another warrior with me. I want Des Bryant on my team every time, every time. And, uh, you hit it right on the head, big time. I mean, that's what I was saying. I was saying, give me that guy on my team any day of the week. And you know what the funny, you know what the amazing thing is? I was telling my friends as we were watching the game is that he's an offensive guy. Isn't that something? Yeah, he's an offensive guy. This is a guy that plays offense. You don't see that. You rarely see. I won't say that you don't see, but you rarely see. That kind of fire from an offensive player, like you and said, you go back to Michael Irvin. Those kind of guys in my in my brief time in the front office with the Detroit Lions, when I was in the scouting department, one thing I told him, I said, I said, you know what, you may not like this guy's attitude, but you need guys like him to win championships. Well, and you know what, I just it may, not, it may rub you the wrong direction, but the players respect it, the other teams see it. It's a mental factor. You need, and I hate to say it, you need a couple of guys that's going to say whatever it takes to win a game. And you need a, and you need a handful of those guys to get that Lombardi trophy, and Des Bryant, I think, is one of them. And there's no doubt about that. By the way, shout-out to Mark Carrier. You know, Mark just had a birthday, and I, I shout-out to yeah, him shout on out, Facebook. Shout-out shout out to the big boy, man. Let me tell you a Mark Carrier story real quick, big time. Hey, you so. know what? We got to take this break, Lamar. We got the commercial. Okay. We got to take this break. Then we're going to come back. Hang on. We got, of course, my man from the city of brotherly love, life after the game. He's doing it, and he's did it. My man, don't you ever forget when I said my man, y'all know who I'm talking about. Lamar Campbell on with me. We'll be right back after this break. Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. 
Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. It's the Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got a little emotional there, and that happens. You know, you, don't let me get another ball player on the phone with me, and we get a chance to talk about what's going on in the National Football League currently uh, because we could get a little passionate about it. And, and that's what you saw coming from Des Bryant. And, and you got to understand now, <laughs> I played my career, the, the great majority of it, with the Philadelphia Eagles. I find it hard for me to ever root for the Dallas Cowboys. Shout out up in heaven to my man Ron Springs, uh, who was a mentor of mine. And, you know, me as a fan of football uh, was a fan of Ron Springs when he was playing for the Dallas Cowboys and I was still at Ohio State. And Ron was a teammate of mine who went on to the Cowboys. So so I, I was rooting for the Cowboys for a period of time. But then once I became a professional myself, uh, of course, I was trying to do everything I could do to beat the Dallas Cowboys. And since then... I support just about every team that's playing the Dallas Cowboys to beat them, <laughs> particularly Philadelphia Eagles. But uh, Lamar had to move on. Uh, there is life after the game, and, and Lamar is enjoying that life at the game, uh, life after the game in, in real estate. And, of course, he had to take care of uh, his business. And, of course, I call that handle your business, and he is doing that. So now I'm going to have a young man join me uh, who I've spoken to just a little bit earlier today. Sam, Sam, how you doing? I'm no good. How are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm doing fine, man, and, and I'm glad to have you uh, join me on the show. And uh, just wanted Thank to you. ask you a little bit. Uh, you know, I know, of course, Sam, as you told me a little earlier, you know, you're pretty passionate about the sport yourself. Uh, you certainly have been enjoying watching uh, football uh, the years of your life. Uh, when you saw Des Bryant, and again, don't feel, don't feel intimidated whatsoever by the comments that Lamar made, because uh-huh. this is a show where we share our opinions. And I'm just curious to know what some other people out there, particularly fans of the game and of the sport, might have felt as they were watching the game and then listening to some of the comments from the commentators during the game and then after the game and hearing what they had to say. How did they sway your opinion and how did it make you feel uh, as you watched the game or saw some of the highlights? And did were you in favor of Dez or were you against Dez? Was it was it was it helping to motivate his team or was it uh, a non-factor in terms of motivating? It was just the opposite in your opinion. What did you feel? I'm definitely for Dez. I know he was uh, just trying to get his team to where to perform where where they needed to be, and I just thought it was interesting how the commentators, um, not even knowing what he was saying, just automatically assumed that he was trying to. 
ask for the ball and uh, compete with Megatron, even though they had no idea of, you know, reading his lips or anything like that. So that kind of frustrated me when I saw that because I, I know they already have a, a bad light on him. So... Well, you you said something about the competition between him and Megatron, uh, which earlier in the week, I guess Dez had made some comments. And what I try not to do is I try not to read the comments because, again, sometimes, you know, people, things can be taken out of context if you just take a small percentage of what was said and you don't get the full scope of, of the conversation that was had between, you can call it an interview if you want to, between Dez and some reporter. Uh, but... If you're going to ask any player in the National Football League, uh, former or current, if they were as good as or better than somebody else, chances are if they're a real competitor, uh, they're going to say, particularly if you're a starter, you're going to say yes. And, and then you're going to go on to perhaps maybe even make your case, but you would hope that you wouldn't have to make that case. No different than when Eli was asked if he was an elite quarterback. They asked Eli Manning, if he's an elite quarterback, after he had won a Super Bowl. And I would think, you know, why are you asking? How dare you ask him yeah. that question? So I'm saying this. I appreciated Eli's answer. He said yes, you know, and went on to, you know, to support his position. Would you expect that, that Dez would say anything other than the fact that, yes, he can do anything that Megatron could do on the football field? Would you expect him to say anything different? Yeah, of course. And the, the the reporters always try to lean towards the answer before they even answer the question. So it just makes sense. Yeah, and, and that's what I said. It it, it made perfect sense to me. Uh, I, I, if I'm a a teammate of Des Bryant, and and somebody were to say to him, you know, the interview question, I'm sitting next to the guy, and and, and he's being interviewed, and after the interview, he gets up. And, and the reporter walks away, Dez goes in the opposite direction. And, and I heard, overheard Dez's comments, and, and he said, no, Megatron, was, he's much better than I am. You know, he's bigger, he's stronger, he's faster. Uh -huh. You know, he catches more balls. Uh, I would have gone to him and said, Dez, man, what's, what, what was that all about? I mean, come on, man, are you, why, are you downplaying this thing? Is this, is this the psychological edge you're trying to gain? You know, I would have questioned him because I myself, I don't want anybody on my team. All due respect, if maybe if the season's not, you know, if the season's over or, or if it's years later, you know, all due respect, I will give it up to Ronnie Lott. Ain't no doubt in my, I'm not going to say I'm better than Ronnie Lott. When, when I was playing and myself and Wes Hopkins was lining up as a tandem against Ronnie Lott and, and his teammates out there, I thought our secondary was just as good as theirs. Now, statistically, Pro Bowls and all that, did it show up that way? No. But when they played us, Mm, that might give you something to think about, okay? And so that's all I'm saying. I don't want a teammate that feels they're inferior to somebody on the opposing team. If it were you, would you ever want to take the field if you had a chance? You have all these fantasy football teams. I mean, you try to pick the best players. If it were you and you were had the, the chance to pick a confident receiver like Des Bryant, is he the kind of guy you want on your team? Definitely. He was on my fantasy team last year. He's on my fantasy team this year. Uh, pick him every single time. Of course, he's a cowboy, so that's a big factor as well. But I know he's a good competitor. I know he's going to put up some good numbers. But see that? Well, you say you just said something that makes sense to me. You're, you obviously are a cowboy fan, but at the same time, when it comes to you picking your fantasy league, you got to pick 
the most productive individual. And if that individual is not a cowboy, then you're not going to pick. You're not going to pick him. Um, right. So, so you obviously have picked Dez in your fantasy league because he's been productive for you. And and I, let me ask you this: When you've seen Dez, and, and we may have to take a break here coming up pretty soon, but when you see Dez play, does he seem like a selfish player to you, or somebody who just wants to win? Somebody who wants to win. And it, and and that is and, and so in terms of his outbursts, have you seen him be emotionally upset when you guys are winning? No. That's where See, that's that, where we're losing. Trying to fire up his team. And that exactly. I don't understand how come the rest of the world, particularly those commentators and those uh, talking heads, why, why can't you see this? Why can't you just just okay? Let's let's do our research and let's find out. You know, when is this man emotionally, you know, distraught? When when does he just lose total control? They're always losing. It's never when they're winning. He's happy when they're winning, but when they're not. It's just kind of hard. So as a cow, be, be, being a, a cowboy fan, I believe you're, you're actually from Texas, if I'm not mistaken, Sam. Yeah. Um, uh, how do you feel as a fan about the Cowboys in terms of their performance, their win-loss record? Are you feeling good? Are you, are you, are you like Dez yourself? You're pretty upset. I'm frustrated because I definitely know they're better than that. And, uh, I mean, last game, that was a heartbreaker. I almost uh, had a heart attack. <laughs> but... I mean, I know they can play better, and I know they're going to get better during the season, so uh, I'm still expecting that uh, Super Bowl championship this year. Well, a uh, Super Bowl championship? Well, you know what? I'm not going to say that couldn't be possible for the simple reason is that the NFC East, uh, although it's a conference that's, that's down in terms of its performance, uh, when they are uh, up against people outside of the division, um, they still the Cowboys still have a chance you know they could win the NFC. They could they could win the NFC East. But speaking of that, um, there's 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 there was a a graphic out there that I saw the other day as I was you know as I was watching. Uh, well, actually, I think it was last night as I was watching the game, and and they were. They, they, I thought there was a dagger that was thrown at the NFC East, uh, which is the division that represents is represented by the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Giants, and the Redskins. Their record happens to be. In games against people outside of their division, uh, five and fourteen, uh, the AFC West is nineteen and five. Uh, do you think that the NFC East is, I mean, the division is is it that bad? The record states that it's that bad. Do you think the Cowboys, the Redskins, the Eagles, and the Giants are at the bottom of the barrel of the National Football League? Not at all. It's they're just they're just going through some tough things right now. I mean the the Giants they just they're coming off a Super Bowl win. I, they're they're definitely elite. They're just I don't know what what exactly is going on, but they're gonna come back. The Cowboys definitely not at the bottom of the barrel. Um, you know, RG three is gonna he's gonna come back. So I think the they're strong. They're just struggling here early. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that. Actually, last year, of course, we know. I mean, the Giants are coming off the Super Bowl win a couple years ago. You're right about that. Yeah, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, you know, they're not doing too good themselves. You know, it's kind of hard yeah. going to a Super Bowl. I, I don't think people understand. The Super Bowl does a couple things for you. For one, you know, it's good and bad. You know, it's a curse and a blessing because if you're the Super Bowl champions, chances are you're going to have the last pick in the draft unless you do something to trade up and somehow end up getting, you know, up in, you know, within the top five, which is normally not going to happen. What it also does, you get a championship trophy, 
but you're probably going to have a situation like the Ravens had where you've got some players on your team, but their contracts are probably, you know, to the point where they are free agents, and they want to test the market. Players are different than what they used to be. They want to test the market. So as a result, you probably, the team is decimated with, with, with free agency just taking players away and, and teams not willing to spend that money on those players to retain them, much like the Ravens did. So then you've got to go through a process of, of, of reloading, as, as the Pittsburgh Steelers say, and not rebuilding. Uh, so, so the Super Bowl champion, as much as, you know, you would think that the Cowboys would like to, to win a championship like everybody would, the Cowboys have not been there. So they should have had a built a team by now to get them there. We got music, so we gotta take a break. Sam, stay with me. We're gonna say how, we're gonna talk about how far the Cowboys are really away from winning the Super Bowl. You listen to Ray Ellis right. on Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Gonna take this break and we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise or especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You know the show, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I want to thank my man Lamar Campbell, Life After the Game, uh, for joining me earlier in the show. Uh, Lamar, of course, does an outstanding job with his show here on Voice of America Sports. 
Uh, right now, I got my man Sam on, and, and, and we were talking a little bit about the Cowboys. And uh, Sam, let me ask you, do you really think that the Cowboys have a chance? They, they obviously mathematically are still in the race uh, for NFC East. You win your division, you automatically make it to the playoffs. If you don't win your division, obviously, you've got to try to make it by way of wild card. Uh, do you think the Cowboys realistically stand a chance of winning the division, of which at this time we know record-wise uh, and competitively, uh, the NFC East is not having its best year. As a matter of fact, it, it could be one of the worst years ever uh, of the NFC East. Do you think the Cowboys really stand a chance of winning the East? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I mean, you see how, how they come to play when they had to go up, put up 500, you know, throwing yards with Tony Romo against uh, Peyton Manning. So I definitely think they could turn on when they want to. Uh, they definitely got to work on their secondary. But other than that, I think they have the heart to to complain when it counts. Well, one thing you mentioned, you mentioned about Tony Romo, 500-plus yards, and that was an excellent performance. Uh, but also, I, I'm, Des Bryant did not say this, but what I will say about Tony Romo is, you know, a lot of times when the game is on the line and the offenses are on the field to win the game, uh, Tony has thrown the ball to the opposite color of, of uniform on the team. Tony's been a part of the problem. Um, so uh, although he, he performs extremely well, I, I, I really was feeling better about the Cowboys having a chance to win the game with their defense on the field than I was with their offense on the field. And then the defense didn't perform any better than you know Tony did in, at crucial moments. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not feeling. The only reason why I think the Cowboys stand, a, you know, a, a chance as good as anybody else is because the division is doing so bad now. I mean, of course, uh, the Giants. The Giants are almost well, mathematically, they're not out of it. But a, a game or two, a couple more losses, and they're done. Uh, uh, so, so the Eagles and the Eagles, of course, you know, nobody can stay healthy at the quarterback position. And, and then you throw uh, Matt Barkley in there. You know, Barkley. You know, of course, he's a young kid. Um, you know, and then you look at the Redskins, and I don't know which Redskins team is going to show up. The Redskins, in my mind, have not played a complete game based upon the talent and the expectations of that team this year. So I'm not sure, you know, and if anybody does make it, I don't think they could go that. I don't think they'll go that far. But uh, if I if I were if it were me, I think like you at this time. Of all the teams in the East, I think the Cowboys might give us the best chance in the playoffs because they have probably the most talent. Uh, you know, the Redskins, I would say the Redskins, but again, RG3 hurt his leg. They say it's no problem with it. I don't even know if it's the same leg, but it's, 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 an, it's an injury. And, and psychologically, that plays into factor too. So I might go with you with the Cowboys, but let's, let's, let's get outside of the NFC East. Um, you know, and, and let's look at Seattle. Seattle played a game last night. Man, they, you know, they, they really, really, really didn't impress me, uh, based upon who they were playing. But they're an impressive team based upon what they've done all this year. What'd you think about the Seahawks? Yeah, the Seahawks, uh, I was, I was pretty surprised Clemens came out there throwing like he did, but the Seahawks definitely have to perform better. I know it's a in division rivalry, but they definitely, going to have to perform better against teams with a record like the Rams do, you know? Yeah, and, and that, well, here's the thing about it. You know, when you play against a Jeff Fisher team, and a lot of people uh, may or may not know, Jeff Fisher, former defensive back himself, 
Uh, I'm sure a lot of pride uh, on the line last night when you, you know, you got a, a secondary over there that everybody admires, uh, being one of the best secondaries in the, it might be the best secondary in the National Football League. I think so. Uh, Pete Carroll, uh, takes tremendous pride in his secondary, uh, always has, all the way back to my days with him at Ohio State University. Uh, certainly could expect him to have a, a, a good secondary and a big physical secondary on the football field. But, what happens with great teams, and I'm going to call a team great if they go on a Super Bowl is, for that year is a great team. Uh, historically, you know, to be one of those teams that's a dynasty, you're going to put together back-to-back or multiple Super Bowls. But for, you can be great for a year, great performance for a year. What has to happen is, is those games of those teams that you least expect to be fired up and come out and play the best football football well beyond what anybody thought they could could play on that day is for you still to beat them and I think that's what made me think I might be looking at a great team this year in the Seattle Seahawks because there was no way the Rams were supposed to be in the game with them I don't even know what the spread was but the Rams were not only in the game the Rams should have won the game last night but the, the Seahawks came out with a victory and when it's all said and done we're just going to count the W's, and they came away with a W. So I, I, I don't know about you, but I think that's, that's the most important thing is to, to win all games, particularly those ones that you're supposed to win. doesn't make a difference how you win it, but to win all games you're supposed to win, and they, won, they were supposed to win that last night, and they did. So I, I'm, I'm okay with them coming out of that victory. You, you seem to think that they were not very impressive. You think that's going to have an effect on them down the road? Uh, yeah, it definitely might. I mean, they're a cough and a sneeze away from losing last night. I was, I was on the edge watching them, but I, I think they're going to definitely learn from this. Um, they definitely come out swinging a lot harder early on in the game. So I don't think it's going to hurt them. I think it's more so going to help them because we're going to really look at this as a near miss. Well, I, I, you know, one of the best running backs certainly in today's game was was held to what, what they I, they certainly didn't have a hundred yards. What they have fifty maybe. Uh, yeah. You know, and I, I thought that was ext- the Rams. But, again, that's a Jeff Fisher team. Uh, Jeff is a defensive-minded coach. And, and I thought that Jeff had his team prepared to stop the run. Um, you know, with, with the when you're looking at um, the Seahawks, they normally don't, you know, their passing game's okay, but it's the run that you have to you have to be concerned about. I thought Jeff did a good job of shutting down the run last night. Yeah. He definitely, he definitely did. Uh, Sherman was out there. He was getting his in, and yeah, they're definitely coming out. They, their secondary always comes to play, so that, that didn't really surprise me. Uh, how about the Rams shutting down the Rams shutting down the Seahawks running game? Yeah, I, <laughs> I'll send to uh, next to a really uh, frustrated Seahawks fan about that. Uh, he didn't even turn up five fantasy points uh, in our league, so. Yeah, that that was pretty surprising to all of us. And I, and that's what I really I I want to correct my my quote earlier. That's what really surprised me is the the Rams' ability to shut down the Seahawks' uh, running yeah. game. Not so much or vice versa because uh, the the Rams, as far as I know, they they, they don't have a running game or a passing game. Uh, <laughs> you know, particularly since Stephen Jackson is gone, and and I think they they wanted Stephen Jackson out for many years, although he was the only thing they had. Uh, but I will say this about the Seahawks passing game, uh, particularly last night. You know, G- Golden Tate. Let's talk about that a little bit. The touchdown, the touchdown, the taunting. Uh, yeah. 
again, as one who played in the secondary in the National Football League, that is the kind of stuff that is the reason why you see secondary people play so physical and be so intent on the amount of punishment of which they deliver to wide receivers. It's because of things like that. And and although it drew a penalty, uh, it was it, it, it should have drawn something beyond a penalty. It, it should have drawn a fine. Because, again, that, that is something where, again, okay, go into the end zone, do your thing, do your little celebrating. But the taunting aspect of it, going down the field, looking back, waving, holding the ball out, did you think that was a bit excessive? Oh, well, I know it's closer to say it was, but, I mean, I was just as fired up as he probably was. I mean, he basically posterized that uh, that corner there, and I'm sure he was just so excited he, he wasn't really thinking about that too much. I mean, that was a big-time play, jumping over him, catching it, and and then getting into the zone. I mean... Okay, wait, but wait, are you really going to say, are you really going to say, Sam, he wasn't thinking about it? I mean, he, he there was a couple things. There was a high step, and there was a holding the ball up. There was the waving waving the hand, you know, drawing, you know, showing the little mouth motion and all that. Oh, come on, man. Really? Come on, man. <laughs> that only happened so many times in your career, and he was just going to enjoy it. That, that, that time that he had, because that was a posterizing catch. Well, I understand. Listen, here, here's what I'm saying. But that's why I understand. Get to the end zone, do your thing. There's a place for that in the end zone. They allow that in the end zone. It only becomes excessive if other people join you. So he could have been in the end zone and did all that. But, yeah. you know, on your way to the end zone, you know, is where I have I have the problem. And that's Golden that Tate. That was bad. Yeah, that's, he almost got caught playing around. Yeah. He, almost, he almost didn't make it in. My, exactly. And and this is, again, this is Golden Tate. So you've been there before. You plan on being there again. It's not like you've never been there. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm against celebrations. I'm okay with celebrations. But all I'm saying to you, and I, I want to try to help other people out there understand that's listening to the show, is that is the reason why. You know, as I said, you see defensive backs, oh, they just will try to take you out. And when I say take you out, all I mean is simply injure you, not hurt you, because hurt they could just step on your toe and hurt you, but injure you to the point where you have to leave the game for that game. You can come back next week, but they're going to put enough bruising on your body that they're going to take you out from that game. And, and in college, me and my – shout out to my man up in heaven, Todd Bell, Big Bell – we used to have this thing at college, and we used to say, what's the best way to eliminate a threat? It's to eliminate it. Take it out. Remove it. <laughs> Remove it from the game. So, uh, listen, uh, I think we may have a break, or maybe they decided we're going to pass, skip this break, but I thought we had another break. So if I don't hear music, we will skip this break. But let me... Oh, I got that music. We're going to take this break. So, Sam, hold on. We're going to come back and talk about is Brett Favre the only option that's out there for quarterbacks? Really? Tebow. Come on, on, man. No, not Tebow. Okay. We listen to Ray (laughs) Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. We're going to take this last break, and we'll be right back.
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise are especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like a mess. I want to apologize to the guys back in engineering. I, I, I guess there's something wrong. The screen wasn't pulled down a little bit. They're doing an excellent job on the show. Uh, I want to also uh, get back to my man Sam as as we were uh, leaving uh, and going into commercial break. I kind of threw it out. I, I just wanted to know what people really think. I mean, you know, when the National Football League, and there's 32 teams out there, I'm going to imagine each one of them may have about maybe two or three quarterbacks, you know, on their roster. You know, if it's 32, obviously we're talking about, what, nine? 96. You know, you got Division One schools. I think there's 200 and some or 300 some Division One schools. When you need a quarterback in the National Football League, do you really have to consider a grandfather? I mean, wow, particularly when you consider the grandfather, he's going to expose things that you really don't want to get exposed because all of a sudden now you got your concussion issues and the grandfather tells you he doesn't know if he wants to consider this. In fact, he doesn't want to consider this because he's having complications from concussions. He can't even remember things about his daughter's life, including, I think, at time it might have been her name. Certainly not if she played in some sport. So I say Locker. that. Soccer, he couldn't remember that. So, 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 Sam, um, let me ask you. You know, are, are, is it that hard in your mind? Do you really think, based upon what you see, uh, is the quarterback position so hard that the resources have dried up so much that I think I heard you say, Tim Tebow? Yes, are you se- are you serious? I thought we were well beyond. Tim Tebow, but I mean, you want to go as far as maybe even having the teams that are in need of a quarterback considered Tim. T- we we got Josh Freeman up, you know, concussion symptoms, you know, and you're saying Tim Tebow might be the answer for somebody who needs a quarterback. Are you serious about that? Really? Come on, Sam. Tim Tebow is a winner. He's a multiple Heisman winner. Winner. He, 
he knows how to play. He's versatile. He can play the game. He definitely needs at least needs to get a shot. Okay, uh, just, just in case you forgot, we we we, we want to remind you. I know you guys play great high school football down there in Texas, and you guys play great <laughs> college football. We're talking about the National Football League and Tim Tebow. Really? Now I'm I'm just gonna say, yeah, you, you can win. And I and, and I mean this by no means of disrespect, but I I understand your position, Sam, because there are many people that do feel that success in college automatically equates with success in the pros. But believe it or not, it doesn't. And Heisman trophies doesn't guarantee you success in the pros. So I it doesn't I, guarantee it, but at least once a chance, and I don't think he was given a fair chance in, in in New York. You know, switching out and third downs and things like that. That I don't know what that was. He at least deserves a real chance at this. Well, I, I will say this to you. You know, one thing about the National Football League because the National Football League is a place where it may not be for long, but you can get a chance. I mean, you've got people, and no disrespect, they've got people who have, uh, I believe. Uh, had issues with people uh, dying. Uh, I believe uh, they've had people with issues uh, of domestic violence. I believe they had people who've had uh, issues with, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, doing something that involved a criminal record, DUIs. So I think in their search of talent, that they're pretty lenient in terms of who they're willing to give a chance to. Tim Tebow is squeaky clean. And so I think with Tim Tebow, he's getting more than a chance, and he's been on multiple teams. I think the issue with Tim Tebow, and I can't believe I'm talking about Tebow and a grandfather. That's what we're down to a quarterbacks, is Tim Tebow and a grandfather. And I'm saying that either the system has to put more people out in the fields to look for quarterbacks or colleges and universities are doing a terrible job. And let me just say this. I, you know, I got a, I started the show off with the Ohio state university and I'm ending the show with the Ohio state university in terms of conversation because my man TP and I used to be a time shout out to my man, Kelvin Fisher. Cause he knows that he and I had conversations where I've said to him, my quarterback of choice was who I could pick. It wouldn't be Terrell Pryor at that time. I'm seeing something different. What Ohio State University did, and I, I think we were wrong, is we didn't have enough time to develop his quarterback skills, his throwing motion. I think he's improved tremendously. Now it's just his judgment. And once he gets this judgment, which will, will, will come along with the better he understands the game, his judgment, his throwing ability, and his running ability, when you have to run, I think you got a good product. Tim Tebow, I don't think they continue to work on his throwing motion. They just stuck with it and did him an injustice because they didn't work on his, his throwing motion to improve his throwing ability because the kid is intelligent enough. He knows the game. If they would have worked on that, I think he might have a chance because he's a durable kid. I don't think he's ever missed a game because of injury. So I don't think it's his fault completely. But anyway... If you think it's Tim Tebow, what can I say? I, I, I can't say much about that. But, but let, let, let's move on a little bit, if you will. Um, let's look at it. We're almost halfway through the season. Is there a surprise team out there that you would say, as it 
deals with either winning or losing. Is there a team out there that's won more games, can I say Kansas City Chiefs, than you thought they would? Or is there a team out there who's underperforming, can I say New York Giants, than you thought they would? Obviously, I gave way to the two that I believe in. I'm, here, I'm, I'm interested in hearing what you have to say about it, Sam. Who's, who's performed much better than you thought they would, and who's performed, wow, a lot less than anybody ever would imagine they would? Well, definitely the Kansas City Chiefs have surprised me, um, even though I haven't played any really elite teams. But Wait, wait, yeah. oh, i, I got to stop you every time, <laughs> Sam. It's, they can only play who's on the schedule. Come on, man. This, this is a yeah. National Football League. I understand. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out towards the end of the year. But, I mean, right now they're definitely up there. But I, I want to see what happens when they uh, play somebody like the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, come on, man. You're going to make me turn my whole show into the come on, man show. No. I want to say this. I, I got to give the Arizona Cardinals a little bit of love, you know, because, listen, the Cardinals, listen, the Atlanta Falcons came into uh, Arizona and must have forgot the, the desert. This is what I'd say. When you come west, it's hard. You fall into the beauty, the scenery. You, you feel like you're on vacation when you come west sometimes, when you come to play the Cardinals, who have a real good home record. You got to come to play in the Cardinals. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to pick the Cardinals as the, the second team in terms of performance, performing better than I thought they would have. The Seahawks, I'm expecting them. That's a, that's a game I want to see. I want to see the Seahawks and the Cardinals. You know, again, I like when they have head-to-head matches. You know, I want to see them. I, I think it could be, you know, I don't know. The Cardinals might be, this, but the Seahawks are doing very good. The Giants. I'm going to say the Giants. And then I'm going to also say uh, I'm going to stay with the Redskins in the East. That's right, because RG3, tremendous comeback, supposed to be healthy. The way he came out the gate, I was just expecting them to do a whole lot better. And it just it just seems like uh, it, it's not going to happen. So uh, I just wanted to say that. So uh, are you going to stick with the Cowboys? Give me your Super Bowl prediction. I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to talk to you again. Yeah, it's, it's a long way down the road. You got, But at this point in time, if you'd like to say, okay, right now, let's not go with records, but just performance, who do you think could end up uh, being those two teams that we see in the Super Bowl? I think it's going to have to be those Cowboys and possibly the Colts. The Cowboys and the Colts. Wow. Okay. I, I don't know about that. You know, there's there, there's a man named Tom Brady, who by the way, who by the way, I I forgot to put Tom on the hot seat because when Tom goes off, he goes off. When Dez goes off, it's something different. But we are gonna leave that alone. But Tom ain't my man. Peyton, the gunslinger. I like Peyton, and uh, I'm gonna tell you what. Those, those Seahawks, they look good, man. They look good. I just think Kansas City might lose the game at the wrong time. I, I, I think Kansas City, of course, they got the best record right now, but they just might lose it at the wrong time. Hey, Sam, I, I appreciate your luck, though. Oh, I, I'm not going to sleep on him. And, and after all, he's lucky. So <laughs> all right, let me end it with that. Sam, I thank you for calling. I appreciate you. Of course, I want to appreciate and shout out to my, my man, Lamar Campbell, the city of brotherly love and life. After the game, of course, listen to it here on Voice America Sports. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.
Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. We hope that you have enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit www.rayellissports.com. And be sure to join us next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.